You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. Last year, in only a matter of weeks, the world as we knew it changed dramatically. It also in many ways only accelerated retail trends that were already growing over the last few years. More shopping being done online and through apps, an expansion of delivery and in-store pickup options, and a greater emphasis on technology at all levels of enterprise to boost efficiency and customer satisfaction. To provide both immediate solutions and design with long-term impact in mind, Luxury brands have been rethinking their practices and policies, accelerating the deployment of mobile and in-store technology, and offering new services to protect their customers and employees while delivering a great shopping experience. In an effort to empower customers in the midst of uncertainty, we're seeing more luxury brands invest in technology that provide these customers with greater control over how they shop in-store. We're starting to see more tools that virtually connect luxury shoppers with local in-store associates via text and video or to use immersive virtual showrooms to try on products. This way, luxury brands can deliver in-the-moment expertise, advice, brand experience, and human interaction remotely. My guest today on The Luxury Item is Zornitsa Stefanova, founder and CEO of BSPK. That's short for Bespoke. BSPK is a rapidly growing Silicon Valley-based startup that has built a remote customer engagement platform for luxury brands that puts the emphasis on what humans crave most these days, and that's human interaction. Zornitsa is a serial entrepreneur, and BSPK is the third company which she founded. She has spent her career at the forefront of innovation in Silicon Valley, contributing to the growth of early-stage technology companies. Zornitsa was recently honored by Luxury Daily as one of the luxury women to watch in 2021. Welcome to the luxury items, Zornitsa. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. So first, I have to congratulate you on completing a $7 million Series A funding round back in October. That's, that's amazing news. Yeah, certainly a big milestone for, for the company. And uh, we're very excited about uh, what that will enable us to do going forward. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about um, where you're going to spend the money or the bigger goals in, in a minute. But if you can give our listeners like a short description of Bespoke, its business model and what makes it unique. Uh, of course. Uh, so BSPK is uh, the most advanced clienteling platform for luxury and premium brands. And uh, we, with, with our platform, we enable better client engagement through enriched data. And we also enable better client retention uh, through personalization of the shopping experience. Our mission is to really enable brands uh, to create that more human, better connection to their client at scale uh, and extend the magic of luxury and, and, and premium consumption from a, a small number of clients at the top of the pyramid, so to speak, to many more customers uh, and to many more people looking to have that uh, wonderful engagement and and joy in their lives from uh, the consumption that they desire. Now, you launched BSPK back in 2017, I believe it was. How did you come up with the idea? And what, what were you seeing in the market? What were the gaps in the market that you thought needed to be filled? The big gap in the market I saw, and you know, I'm a technologist. I've spent the last, you know, 
25 years in Silicon Valley. You know, this is my third company. I've I've uh, worked on uh, anything from music streaming to uh, blogs to social media to fintech, and so as as a person, as a technologist, I've always looked for what's new and what what the gaps are. And one of the things that kind of uh, really struck me around you know twenty you know twenty seventeen was why why is retail technology so behind everything else and and i was really curious about that problem and started to really explore what's driving that i mean certainly it's not the the lack of uh access um but uh you know and that led me to really you know research and think about why how how are how are companies in in the retail space really thinking about their customer experience and, and what are the drivers there and uh, as, as I was uh, looking deeper into the problem, you know, that's where I sort of zeroed in on um, luxury and premium uh, because uh, it, it was also connected to my personal experiences as, as, as a lover of fashion and, and how I was shopping and how I was observing my friends shop and engage. And, uh, and that was sort of the origin of, of BSPK and, and uh, I can talk more about how the specific idea evolved, but but fundamentally, I, I felt that whereas in the rest of our day-to-day -day experience, we're deeply immersed in uh, in very advanced technological capability and solutions, that was lacking in our day-to-day -day shopping experience uh, and and retail. Did you launch in the U.S.? Yes. Yeah. And we are, I know we are a Silicon Valley company. Right. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, so I, I remember reading that when you launched, you hired a, uh, someone in business development in Paris, right? Yeah. Vanessa Maury, she, yeah. uh, she joined us from, um, uh, a luxury brand, a really, uh, forward looking and, and forward thinking luxury executive who, um, was, was a very big supporter of BSPK because she intimately knew, uh, the challenges that luxury is facing, um, and she saw how BSPK solves these challenges, and, and so uh, she joined our team to uh, to help uh, in in the business development capacity. Yeah, I'm sure she had uh, access and help you break into the especially the European luxury marketing space, the, the European luxury space. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think when we started, um, I have to say that uh, you know Vanessa. Uh, joined us relatively recently, but when I started the company, you know, two and a half years ago, there were at least several advisors on my board and they continue to continue to be on my advisory board also coming from luxury. And, and those were people who um, opened a lot of doors for her, for, for us. And I, I remember going to Paris, uh, this was, you know, late 2017 and I didn't know anyone. And, <laughs> Through uh, just uh, the the sheer um, excitement uh, around what BSPK was doing, uh, you know, a couple of advisors I connected with at the time and invited to to join join us in our journey. They said, "Oh, you have to meet uh, all of these other people," and and that's how it all started, uh, leading up to BSPK becoming what it is today, where when when luxury brands look for uh the best most advanced you know most tailored to their needs type of platform and solution 
we we are by far uh, the the leading uh, choice, and um, and it started only with with a couple of introductions. Uh, so it's it's been it's been quite an amazing journey. I mean, I think United at one point talked about stepping out of your comfort zone. For <laughs> me, for sure, going to Paris and you know trying to to establish connections and build my network in in the world of luxury was definitely stepping out of my comfort zone, given uh, where I spent uh, the you know. My, my career to date. Right. And so what problems does BSPK, what does the technology solve for these luxury retailers and customers? It's the problems of engagement and retention. And those are the core problems in luxury today. Uh, and then it, it is the case because as consumers, we have so many options at our fingertips today. I mean, you, you could be shopping online, you could be shopping you know, from your phone, you could be searching and finding the exact item you want. You could be doing, you know, going to the, you know, the, the second, secondhand marketplace. There's so many ways to engage. And, and so how do you keep a person immersed into the brand magic and into the, you know, experience? And when we think about premium and luxury, it's all about the experience. It's all about the story. You know, it's a completely irrational uh, mode of consumption, right. uh, you know, it's driven by emotion, and and so luxury and premium success, have been successful because for decades, you know, for centuries in some cases, they've been able to tell the story of the magic of the origin of the brand, the you know, the mission, the vision, the design, the people involved. I mean, those are things that we fall in love with, and and so how do you do that in a differentiated way? in this day and age, um, well, we have Instagram, but you know, <laughs> it's crowded. <laughs> you know, right, you right. have e-commerce, but oh, well, it's crowded. You know, you have mobile, but you know, just like a lot of mobile options, right? So, so again, you know, making that story stand out uh, and, and, and persist is what's really important. The standing out of the story is where you bring the new customers in. Persistence of the story is where you keep the retention and the client loyalty and, and you know, reinforcing that positive emotion about around a brand. And so today, what brands are really looking to, to figure out is in this different mode of engagement, in a change environment, change shopping habits, convenience trumps everything in many ways. How do you keep that? How, 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 do, you, how do you drive the engagement and retention? And, and that's where uh, BSPK comes in. So how do you measure success? How do your clients, what are their KPIs? The way we measure success uh, at BSPK is the conversion uh, in terms of purchases when, when clients are engaged through BSPK, and that applies to existing clients as well as prospects. And also the retention is defined by repeat purchases from, uh, from clients who have been engaged over, over a given period of time. Does your platform also measure how long they, the sales associate is engaged with the customer, like a length of time and, you know, sort of compare that analysis to when they convert? Um, yes and no, because this depends on the brand. And I, I will talk about this in, in a moment, but to, to answer your question, absolutely. Our most important internal metric as a company is how often, you know, how, what is the daily usage of BSPK by our sales advisors? Sales advisors, and and that is daily. You know, we were really sort of seeing that daily pattern of every sales advisor coming on board. It's like, okay, who do I, who do I engage with today, and how can I help them, and how they make the, their experience better? And that's, 
you know, internally, I say internally because that's our measure of success in terms of the, you know, the, 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 the way the BSPK platform and tool are designed to serve the needs of the sales advisor in the premium and luxury boutique. Uh, or, or for the luxury uh, and premium brand manager or headquarters. So, so that's really an important internal, internal measure of success. Uh, but I think getting back to your question on the length of conversation, length of conversation differs by brand because in, you know, it, it depends on the, you know, the, the nature of the purchase, the complexity of the purchase. A long conversation does not necessarily mean more opportunity to sell or more opportunity to convert. Sometimes a shorter but better framed conversation is more effective. And sometimes a shorter uh, but, but better targeted conversation is, is more effective. And when I say targeted, BSPK is about fundamentally the right message to the right customer at the right time. That's what personalization is. Uh, in, in today's uh, realm of sort of marketing practices, what we are all tired of are the email blasts and the blanket CRM where it's like, okay, you know, we have a new thing for you. And you know, <laughs> we have that same new thing for everybody else. Well, why would I engage with that? And so with BSPK, we take the opposite approach to say, how can we at scale help these brands make the experience better, make the customer feel special, give them that moment of joy in their daily life, say, oh, wow, they remembered. Oh, wow, that's just for me. And, and that's, you know, everyone wants something special. And so we are trying to do that better uh, and enable our brands to do it better. So, so that's really uh, how, how BSPK is different, in fact, from, from all the other solutions in the market. So I want to step back for a little bit and talk about how the global pandemic changed the luxury and retail space and where you see it going. You know, COVID-19 plunged many luxury brands into the digital age. So with stores closed and intimate experiential events canceled, luxury brands were forced to work harder digitally to engage with customers. So if you were to look back over the last 13 months or so, do you think they've succeeded? And if you were to give, give them a grade, what would it be? I know it varies by brands, but if overall, <laughs> I, and then I can name a few that have done, you know, get an A, the others that got Ds, but just looking back overall, do you think they've succeeded? <laughs> Great question. Between the A and D, let, let's settle and see. Uh, what, I, what, I, <laughs> what, I, what I would say is the jury is indeed out uh, still on, on that question. And I, and I think um, what I see a lot is many of the brands are kind of uh, they don't know what to do and they're, they're waiting to write it out and they were waiting to write it out. Maybe, okay, that's going to be like a three month thing or a six month thing. Well, now it's been a 12 month thing and probably will be at least 18 months by the time we're done here. So, so I think for, for many brands, it's a very big challenge. The, the ones who stood out are, you know, I, I, I would describe those in two categories. It's, it's the leaders, the, 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 the brands with deep pockets where, they, you know, they already had that incredible visibility and it could continue to, to pro, you know, promote that level of visibility during the pandemic. Uh, and there's a handful of those brands and, 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 and you know, they've been successful and they have, have also been successful because they, due to their ability to invest in digital more so than other brands were better prepared. Um, but for everybody else, it's already visible what how the gap has widened between the leaders and the laggers and the potential long-term, you know, not survivors, you know, the, the brands who may not make it through successfully. 
and, and I think that, um, you know, how well have they, they, they have they done with digital? I, I think there is there is this connect in digital. And for many brands, digital means two things. They, they you know, when, when you mention digital, they talk about CRM and they talk about e-commerce. And the reality is that e-commerce is not your digital strategy. E-commerce is just one piece of it. And yes, it's grown because we're all stuck in our homes and we can't go to malls and shops and boutiques and you know uh, wonderful destinations. But uh, but e-commerce is not the solution to that. And you know, for many brands, when they say oh, we're digitally savvy, it's like, well, you have a website. What else do you have? Uh, and the reality is that from you know when we think about how our lives have changed, uh, and we're having you know we're having our conversations, our meetings, our work happen digitally, entirely digitally with a realm, you know, host of tools, not just video, it's messaging, it's chat, it's, it's streaming, it's, you know, um, uh, augmented reality. Uh, I mean, many, many technologies that are creating that, they're breaking down the physical barrier. And, and that's what digital does. It's not just having a website. And so when I, when I think about have they been successful, I tend to lean in the direction of most of them have not because they they're they were unprepared. Uh, you know, they still rely on the okay, we're gonna bring a system integrator and we're gonna patch this this piece of something we have with this other piece of something else we have and this other piece, and you know, we're gonna push you know CRM and send a lot of emails and and then you know that's gonna help. It's not. I mean, this this is something that you know, it's, it's not gonna move the needle in the long term. And, and when we get out of COVID, my prediction is that people will flock back to the real world because we're all tired of digital a little bit. Uh, but, but the, you know, that, that temporary sort of, uh, reliance in e-commerce uh, you know for some brands uh, will be helpful for other brands uh, not so much because it, it you know it, it's just not uh, it's not the full experience it's just one piece of it so that that sort of understanding of and is having a strategy I think if I were to summarize everything I said in, in one sentence having a strategy what digital means for your brand is a differentiator between the brands that are successful and the ones that are not yeah. The ones that do have a strategy, a comprehensive plan, a full, fully thought out cycle on what does the customer engagement look like going forward, will do well. Yeah. The rest, uh, I'm not so sure. Yeah. And you were saying, you know, people just been so used to doing e-commerce, but one thing that we've all been doing for the last thing to last 13 months or so is that this pent up demand for in-person connection, we've been craving human connection and we're starting to do it slowly. And it's, you know, it's been building during lockdown. How can luxury brands offer consumers high emotions and that sense of connection, which is at the core of luxury after months of it being, being undermined by lockdown, store closures and social distancing? Yeah, I mean, as, as a brand, it's important to be prepared to do that across the board. You know, you have to be able to greet your customer with a human touch and human connection and well-trained sales advisor in your boutique. You need to be able to do that with them once they leave your boutique and, you know, you engage them through mobile and through messaging and through personalized connection and, and, and that mode of engagement. You need to be able to greet them when they come to your website and, you know, say, oh, you know, here, here's something for you and here is how you get in touch with us and, and here is 
not just with us, but this one person who has been your advisor for, for a while, who knows you and can really help you. And, and how to do that well uh, is, is what I think uh, is, is the challenge uh, for brands. So um, the, the human touch is where the differentiation comes in. E-commerce, uh, CRM marketing, you know, these are sort of lowest common denominator types of approaches. And if you want to stand out as a brand, you have to bring in the story back. You have to bring the experience back. It has to be differentiated, not just in one channel, but across all channels. Because today the customer will shop there where they feel like shopping. You right. know, so, so some days they'll come to your store, we'll spend like hours and have the champagne and all of that. Some other times they just want to, you know, chat with somebody and say, hey, ship it to my house. The next day they may be on the e-commerce side. So I love this, but I don't know which size. So I let me ping my, my advisor and see what she thinks and how that matches with my other thing in my wardrobe I bought last year. Tying and connecting the dots on that client journey. Very, very few brands can do that well today. And in most cases, they can only do it if they can for a very small number of their clients, the top clients. And, and you know, growth and opportunity are really... Uh, you know, ahead of all these brands, in, in my opinion, if, if they do it right. Yeah. And as the economy starts opening up, shoppers are going back to physical stores, but their expectations of the in-store experience have absolutely transformed. You know, the whole boring retail is dead. You know, it's going to put a lot of pressure on stores to be super interesting. So what are, you know, what do you think customers' expectations are going to be when they go back to the store? And what are they hoping to find when they step into it? I think what customers are looking to find is excitement, joy, something interesting, something fun to do. Uh, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, the last thing a customer walking back to a store is what he described, the boring bunch of shelves with stuff, you know, the, you know, in that, you know, stuff that you have to go through on your own or, and kind of look around and, you know, maybe you buy something and advice sales buyers who is not engaged or not knowledgeable. And, in that case, your better path as, as a consumer and a shopper is really e-commerce because it take, you know, takes less time. Right. Uh, so, so I think you know, when we go back to these stores, it, it's about uh, the, the standout experience. It's about something that is unique to the brand, whether it's you know, the, the environment, the way people greet you, the, the way people recognize you, the things they can offer to you, the curation. You know, when we go to stores today, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not because we, we can't find what we want elsewhere in most cases. Uh, it's because we, we want to enjoy it and we want that human touch and human connection. And, and, and we want to have a memorable experience that we can go back and tell our family or friends about and say, hey, I love this and here's why. And can you imagine what they said and did and, you know, this was so cool. I, I actually went to, to one of the malls here near, near, you know, in Silicon Valley, and I was quite impressed that they had obviously spent a lot of time investing during the pandemic. I mean, I walked into the new section of the mall, it was like the, and I, I was, it was like, wow, it's, it's pleasant. It's a place you want to go. And it felt very different from the old section of the mall, which was a bunch of, you know, the existing stores and it felt just outdated. And so I think in the same way that that uh, you know destination operators, and I don't want to just call it a mall because there's other players in the market trying to personalize that experience, mix the you know the dining with the food, with the experience, with the shopping, with going to see your performance or whatever. I mean, that's what we're all looking for: that human touch, the experience. It's no longer about I need something, I need to go buy it. 
uh, and I think brands that think about their their persona and, and you know their experience in the same way it's like what's the full package what will make a difference uh, in in the life of our client of our you know customer because they have limited time and so if they're going to spend time with us they want to have a reason to spend time with us how do we make that possible those are things uh, I think the brands that will succeed and in that the human touch is absolutely critical I think I think it's even more so now because COVID one thing that COVID taught us is that yeah, the human connection really matters. Right. Uh, it's it's critical. We want that. It's not just about convenience. It's not just about getting you know getting what you want as fast as possible and you know as as most as conveniently as possible. So, what have your clients been asking you over the past year that have pushed your platform to meet these new wants and needs from brands and customers? Has it changed your business model at all? It, it hasn't changed your business model because from the very beginning we were about and we continue to be about uh, more curated, uh, more knowledgeable uh, tailoring of, of the experience for, for, for the client. And what our customers have been asking us uh, more so over the last 13 months than, than even before was how do we know more about what our clients want? How do we know them better? How do we segment our, our opportunities for our sales advisors uh, at their fingertips to be able to address someone with, with a, in, in a personal way, in a way that uh, communicates to the client, they actually know, you know the, their sales advisor knows who they are, they know what's important to them, uh, is reaching out at the right time with, with the right message, with the right curated selection you know that that is relevant to that particular client and so what would we have continued to invest on and uh you know are, are hearing a lot of uh, uh increased demand for from our customers is that ability to understand the client data at a level where you can do that kind of personalization not just because somebody lives in a certain you know area or has a bunch of SKUs attached to their you know profile in the POS or their CRM says they're a top client because you know over the last number of years they spent X amount of whatever. So so I, I think uh, where 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 BSPK continues to invest in that ability of the sales advisor to enrich the client data in ways in which just transactional data cannot cannot. And number two use that data and better knowledge of the client, better understanding of the client needs, then personalize the experience. And so that's that's where we really uh, are, are seeing a lot of demand and we, we continue to invest. Yeah, and the sales advisors, no question, will be more on the front line than ever. They really have to be the brand storytellers too. So how do you see the sales advisors role evolving and what kind of skills do you think they need now for the next generation of sales associates? The most important skill for for a sales advisor going forward is emotional intelligence. You need to be able to to connect to people. You need right. to know how to uh, really um, communicate empathy, emotion, excitement, joy. Be a friend. I mean, th- these are the people that that as, as as one of our you know sales advisors uh, said said to me not our, but one of our customers, our advisors, says, Mr. Nitsi, if you make things fun, people will buy from you, period. You right. have to know how to do this. And so that is an absolutely critical skill. The other super critical skill for a sales advisor going forward, they need to be 
comfortable with technology, you need to be sales uh, savvy and tech savvy. Because when we think about where the customer is, the customers on WeChat and WhatsApp, online, uh, they're on uh, Apple messages. Uh, we, we talk, we engage with our friends, with our business partners, with, with, with everyone digitally these days and, and messaging is it and communication on these platforms, uh, including you know, uh, our personal messengers or Instagram or for the younger generation, TikTok. I mean, these are, the, these are the places where we hang out. And so if you're a sales advisor and you're afraid of technology, and you're still thinking, oh, you know, they're gonna come to my store and when they come out, offer, that is, that is, you know, really, really uh, detrimental to the client experience because that's the last thing that the client wants and the tech savvy client, you know, will be able to tell the difference very, very quickly. So emotional intelligence, being comfortable with technology, uh, being able to, to curate the experience. And, uh, you know, those are, those are the attributes of a successful sales advisor. I do want to say one thing, which is that um, the brands that are successful really, you know, uh, and in my opinion, can be successful, need the ability to motivate their sales force. And the way you motivate your sales force is that you give them the responsibility of the client relationship, you empower them with the right tool, with the right messages. Uh, with the right training to own that customer relationship and feel the success. You know, when people feel there's meaning in their jobs and they have an opportunity to succeed, wonders happen. But if you take that away from sales advisors and push down, you know, robotic tasks, where it's like you have to contact this many people and you have to, you know, uh, uh, sell to this many people and you have to, you, you know, you, you have to check the box and all of these 20 things. That is where you make a human a robot. And when you make a human a robot, they're no longer engaged in the job. And I think the emotional intelligence and the success in selling, as we all know, comes from a person who is engaged in the process. And so I think it's a, it's a bit of both. Yeah. But that seems pretty hard to scale because it does require a mix of emotional intelligence, sophisticated technology and savvy, you know, highly personable and well-educated. Is scale possible for something like this? Yeah, of course it is possible. And, uh, and I think it's, 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 it's possible because uh, when we, uh, you know, when, when, when we equip the sales teams with, with the right tools, uh, they, you know, they're learning the process, the well-designed tool. And we do that at BSPK very, you know, we, 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 with, uh, uh, dedicated resources to that particular aspect of, of our platform to enable sales advisors to get better over time, you know, to learn what works, to, to, to get a sense of what, what are the, the means of engaging a client where over time you get better and achieve better results. And so that, that feedback loop uh, from, from, the, from the tools you have at your disposal certainly uh, helps that process. Of course, you also need to hire the right people. I mean, one of the things that actually was getting back to your question, what yeah, what was the revelation of the gap you know, a while back when I started BSPKs, I had to have to say, I'm a customer of luxury, I'm a customer of fashion. And sometimes you walk into the stores and it's like, why would you hire? You know, you're, you have a, a, a premium or luxury client in your boutique. Why would you hire the cheapest, most poorly trained possibly, you know, possibly, you know, possibly trained person to represent you? There are those cases, you know, you know, the, the, just, 
uh, you know, hiring people who are not suited to the job. And, and I think that's also one of the uh, aspects of uh, where, where luxury brands need to think about is the, the salesperson is the face of your brand. You need to hire the right people if you want to be successful and build a relationship with your clients. And, and you have to pay so them too. You have to pay them, of course. And you don't have, maybe you have fewer salespeople, but better ones. And, and if you equip them well, and you give them the ability to be successful, you're going to have many, much better results than hiring, you know, the, the first person who walks into, into the store saying, I'm, you know, I want to be in sales and they're there for six months and then they depart. I mean, turnover is a huge problem in, in retail, premium or not. And I think the reason is that people feel uh, disenchanted with the job. And so uh, strategically for brands, that is something to think about, you know, um, but you have to equip them in the right way. Uh, that is, that is for sure. Um, one of the things that uh, we've seen uh, make a difference uh, in in uh, in even like working with the brands who are our customers today. Yeah. So looking back, what do you think is the most important lesson that you learned during COVID? Uh, most important lesson uh, I learned during COVID is that it's um, technology works when it empowers human connections. The reason we all today love Zoom and Teams is because they enable us to talk to other people. And technology is most successful when it's easy to use uh, so that while empowering these human connections, connections, it can also be out of the way. In other words, you're not, <laughs> right. you're not battling the technology, it's just an enabler, a facilitator. And, and, you know, as a technologist, as a, as a person, you know, my, you know, professional background, I, you know, I'm a generalist, but I, you know, for years, ran product development, adventure-backed uh, startups. I've always believed that you have to make something easy for it to be adopted. And we have so many examples of that, you know, anything from, from Facebook to Slack to, uh, to Gmail. I mean, you know, anything where, where uh, fundamentally the, the technology stepped out of the way uh, or the iPhone for that matter, you know, that's when it took off when we had something that was personable and fun and pleasant and e so much easier to use than anything else that that drives adoption period. Um, so, so the ease of use and is, is, is critical. Uh, and, but that ease of use needs to then bring value and the value we all seek at the end of the day is interacting with other people and being uh, effective in our communication with other people. And, and COVID, when I look back in the last 13 months, really, really drove that point home, uh, which is why also brands are looking to invest digitally in those technologies where you, know, you, can, you can enable that human connection uh, anywhere at any time. Uh, have you expanded into China yet or thinking about expanding into China? Because, you know, the Asian social media platforms like WeChat and Weibo seem way ahead of the game when it comes to social selling and clientele. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we are. And I think one of the uh, differentiators of BSPK is that we are indeed global. Uh, we we uh, are very, we, we have... Uh, integration with Line in Japan, we're uh, about to re release integration uh, with, with, with WeChat, super critical for our brands because luxury is global, premium is global. 
China is 40% of, of luxury in terms of consumption. Mm -hmm. So absolutely important market for our customers. Um, and, uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the way that these platforms have evolved in, in Asia is actually very, very significantly more advanced than the way they've evolved here in the States. Um, so we want to be integrated into those platforms and, and offer that experience across uh, the entire globe. And today, you know, we're, we're everywhere, Middle East, Europe, uh, North America, uh, and, and China very soon. So what is the outlook for BSPK for 2021? You know, you have these $7 million now. So where's the, where's the growth going to come from? More customers. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, anything new besides new customers? Anything are you looking at um, expanding or any kind of new features? Well, or? Uh, of course. I mean, yeah. BSPK is about, you know, BSPK is about data and better understanding of, of enriched data and better understanding of the client. So for us, uh, more customers, of course, that is priority number one. Uh, providing better capabilities to our customers, uh, equally important. And better capability for our customers is allowing them to personalize and tailor the experience in more knowledgeable ways for, for their clients. And so that is all driven by data. Uh, the, the, the BSPK has many capabilities, uh, video, chat, messaging across platforms. As I mentioned, we're integrated with Apple Messages, Line, WeChat, WhatsApp, uh, email, SMS. So, so the, the touch points are, you, you know, as universal as they can be. Uh, we provide visual engagement with, with images, with the ability to curate images, with video uh, and real-time streaming, as well as uh, sharing videos with clients. So the, the capabilities to engage in a visual and kind of fun way uh, are there. Um, AR is, is very important and on our roadmap, uh, closing the loop on the whole client journey from engagement to purchasing. We have integration with Adyen, uh, Adyen Pay, which is the premier platform that Luxury and Payment is using for payment processing these days. So closing that loop on how and where the customer completes their transaction once they engage with the associate, that's of course part of the platform. All of those things, all of those capabilities fundamentally feed into the core of what BSPK is about. The full view of connecting the dots on the whole client journey. And then based on that, and based on the deeper knowledge, which is enriched by the human connection with the sales advisor to be able to present the right opportunities to the sales advisor at the right time, which then in turn allows, allows them to engage people with the right message at the right time. And then really that, that, that positive feedback loop is, is what drives value for our customers, the brands at the end of the day. So my final question, Zernitsa, is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests. If you were stranded on a deserted island and you could have only one luxury item with you, what would that luxury item be? It can't be any form of air transportation to get you off the island. Can't be anything that requires mobile, <laughs> mobile service. What would that single luxury item that you would have on that deserted island? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. There's so many, so many choices. Um, 
the biggest luxury for me these days is spending time with my kids. I have two daughters, they're 14 and 17. Uh, I was just in Paris for seven weeks. <laughs> Believe me, being away for seven weeks and not seeing my kids was tough. Uh, right, uh, right, right, that's right. <laughs> so if I was on a deserted island, the first thing, my biggest luxury item is having my two girls with, with me and uh, being close to them. I think it's, uh, that's my luxury these days, you know, being close to my family and my kids. That's terrific. Zornitsa Stefanova, founder and CEO of BSPK. Thank you so much for joining me on the luxury item. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Love the, love the conversation. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time. <laughs>